there are two things that I want to say to you this morning. The first is that the story that we tell on Easter morning, it is a real story, and it changes people's lives. And the second is that the story that we tell on Easter morning is a story of reversal. It's unlike anything else you might ever anticipate. It's unlike anything else you might expect. Let me share with you a story that I hope will convey both of these points to you, that Easter is a real story, and it is a story of a great reversal, completely unexpected. When I was an intern at First Presbyterian Church in Fort Worth prior to coming here as your pastor, I got to know a man by the name of John. And John and his wife were relatively new members of that congregation. And one uh, Lenten season, we spent time together in a small group, a small group where we could share stories about each other, to grow in Christ together, to pray for each other. And so I got to know John and his wife. And through that experience, those Lenten small groups, I got to know John as a man of great and deep faith. He was a man who read his Bible every morning, and at one point he even referenced the Word of God as being better than food. In my mind, John was a true disciple, a humble man, unpretentious, but very deeply pious in the best sense of that word. But in that small group that season of Lent, John told us that it was not always the case. John said that he didn't grow up in church. In fact, he grew up to be very skeptical of Christianity. And he, in fact, was known to be someone who could mock those who pray to someone that you can't see. John was an engineer by trade and said that he was often known in his office as someone who didn't believe, and he made no bones about it. But there in John's work, there were a couple of men who were Christians and would often talk and engage with John about the Christian faith. And so over time, John knew one man in particular would talk to him about faith and about God and about Jesus. And John was always ready with a comeback or an argument or even perhaps sometimes a put down. You know, I just can't believe all that stuff, he would say. It just doesn't make sense to me. He got used to that way of living, living into his middle years, and he figured he would go through all of his life that way. Everything was fine. He had a nice life, a good job, a happy marriage, and he didn't sense that really anything was missing. But John says that he never will forget one conversation that he had one day at work. While he and his friend, the Christian, sat there in the office one day talking about faith, John repeated his favorite phrase, I just can't believe all that stuff. It just doesn't make sense to me. And his friend said, John, that's fine. But someday, someday you'll have to make a decision. 
And John remembers clearly that when his friend said that, that something happened in him, that he felt something happening inside of him that was growing and he really couldn't stop it and didn't want to stop it and didn't even know how to stop it. And before he had any chance to change or even to think about the words that were coming out of his mouth, John said, yes. And that was John's encounter with the risen Lord. John went on, as I said, to be a man of great faith. Not long after I not long before that Laura and I left that church, I saw John in worship. And as often as a worship leader, I would sit up on the chancel area and be able to see out into the congregation. And one day in particular, I never will forget seeing John standing and singing. Much like we do here at the end of the service, we take the offering and we then stand at the, at the end of the offering and begin to sing the doxology together. And people will come and stand and the ushers will come bring the money forward as an offering to God. And I never will forget seeing John sing the doxology that day. He sang those words from the depth of his soul. He turned with his chin up so he could see the stained glass and the cross that was there at the front of the sanctuary in First Pres, Fort Worth. And he sang, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. It was startling to see someone give themselves so completely and fully to a God who had changed his life. You see, the Easter story is a real story. And it is a story that is completely unexpected, different than anything you might ever anticipate or imagine in your life. That's exactly what Mary encountered that morning as she went to the tomb. Remember, she went to a graveyard to anoint a dead body, which was according to custom at that time. But the body wasn't there. So Mary became distraught, very upset. Resurrection, new life, not even on her radar. She just assumed that the body of Jesus had been stolen. She was crying because not only was Jesus dead, but now Jesus' body was gone. It would be like you going up to Freer's and David saying, I'm sorry, we lost the body. Imagine that. It's a good thing, at least she was looking for Jesus. But the problem is that she was limiting herself to what she expected to find. She was looking so intently for a dead Jesus that she couldn't see the living Jesus. And it wasn't until she heard him call her by name, Mary, it wasn't until then that she recognized him and her eyes were opened and her tears went to the proud 
but humble proclamation, I have seen the Lord. You see, Easter is a real story. It's a real story that changes real people's lives, like my friend John and like Mary. And it's completely unexpected. They didn't see it coming. It happens to us. So Easter, we say on this morning, Easter isn't a cliché. How can something be a cliché because resurrection always catches you off guard? It's always different than you expected. Easter is a real story that really changes real people's lives. I've seen it here in this congregation as well. You see, if Christian faith is a cliche, then it sounds something like this. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and so now I can believe in him and have eternal life. And there's nothing wrong with that statement. It is actually true. It's just there's more to the story. It's not just about the cross and someone dying. Go back and read the resurrection stories in any of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. There's not a lot of talk in those stories about believing in someone so that you can find life after death. It's about people going to a graveyard and being changed forever, that life comes to them in the here and now. So rather than faith being about life after death alone. Resurrection means that we can have life here and now. Here and now, life has come to us. So when it talks about eternal life, that means that heaven and earth have been reunited into one and that the life that we have in God is now available to us right here right now. This is the day, the psalmist says. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad today. So Mary found life in the midst of death. And you can too. Mary found joy in the midst of tears. And you can too. Mary found a reason for living when she thought that everything had fallen apart, and you can too. Mary's perception of what is real, it changed. And your perception can change as well. What graveyard are you visiting every day of your life? Graveyards come in all shapes and sizes. There are graveyards of despair. There are graveyards of regret. There are graveyards of anger and graveyards of resentment and bitterness. You might find yourself in a graveyard of anger. All of these ways, all of these graveyards are ways that we are looking for death. All the while that Jesus is calling our names, Mary, and wanting us to find life right here, right now.
So Christians shouldn't be angry people. We shouldn't be fearful people, scared of what is happening in the world and scared of death and dying. Resurrection people live into grace and joy and peace and hope, looking for life and finding life. Life. Faith is life-giving and life-affirming. And if that's not happening for you, then perhaps you're doing something wrong. You're looking for the dead Jesus. So this week I want you to try a new habit. Just try it out for seven days and see what happens. And I ask you to intentionally listen to the risen Lord calling your name in your life this week. So here are some examples of what it might look like for you, and you can fill in the blanks for what it applies to your life, but here are some starters. Every time you hear the news, whether that's on the internet or the TV or the newspaper, and it's bad news, and it's something that makes you mad, stop and listen for Jesus' voice. Every time you think back on your life and you remember an incident of regret that causes you shame or humiliation, stop the story and listen to Jesus call you by name. Every time you want to shake your head and say, what is this world coming to? Stop and listen to Jesus call you by name. Every time you encounter something negative, something dead, something that wants to keep you in the graveyard of fear and despair and anger, stop and listen to Jesus call you by name. Try that for a week and see what happens. Live the resurrection. You see, there are lots of stories that we carry around with us. Stories of despair, stories of fear, stories of regret, stories of shame. That's huge. And for most of us, we've done these stories and we've told ourselves these stories over and over again that we don't even realize we're doing it anymore. But there is one story. There is one story that is the primary story of life. And it is a story of a risen Jesus who stands in the graveyards of all your doubts and your fears and who calls you by name. Easter, it is this good news that saves you. All those other stories, they have power to keep you in the grave. But this is a story that saves you. So the Easter story isn't just the story of one man being raised from the dead. The Easter story is the story of life over all death. Not just the life after you die, but it's about conquering all the little deaths that kill you every day, little by little. So let us, let us be a resurrection people. Let us be a people who celebrate life here and now. Resurrection has already happened and the stone has been rolled away and it cannot be undone. 
the great reversal has happened. The great reversal has happened. It is our joy to live into that story. Goodness is stronger than evil. Life is, uh, love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. Victory is ours. Victory is ours. Through him who loved us. Let us stand and sing. than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. Victory is ours. Victory is ours. Through him who story is the good news that saves you. And we play that out here at this table as the risen Lord invites us to feast with him here. So as we prepare to partake of that good news, let us give the morning tithes and offerings as the ushers come. Please be seated. 